John Scholes hosting as always. And my good pal, Alex Luchaferro, Sam Firu, Tamarkin, LLP, stlawyers.ca. If you want to reach out any time to uh, get a hold of Alex and his very creative team to uh, explain your workplace rights and any employment uh, law issues you may have in the workplace for yourself, friend, family member, colleague, doesn't matter, always reach out. To do that, anytime, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website available to you anytime. It's free. It's anonymous. You'll have access to the severance calculator. That, as you know, would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Lots to get through on the show today. We're going to dip into the ever-mounting pile of email that we get every week, Alex, so we'll take care of a bunch of those tonight. But before we get into our email, pal, week of the uh, week that was, case of the day, what do you got cooking? Hey, Johnny. Thanks very much. Great to mm-hmm. be here. Great to be back live on the air, as usual, on Monday nights, talking employment law workplace rights, severance, temporary layoffs, medical leaves of absence, you name it. If it has to do with your employment, with your workplace, we cover it all here on this show. And as you said, John, very well, as usual, this is a live call-in show. We're here to take your calls, of course, answer any questions you might have about your employment situations. Please feel free to call in. Do not be shy. Do not be bashful. There are no bad questions when it comes to employment law. And, you know, luckily, uh, as part of our job, John, we speak to people every single day that thank us for doing this show. Uh, thank us for informing the public on what their legal art rights are when it comes to employment law. And our callers on the show are a huge part of that, of course, no matter how big, how small you think your problem or your question might be. Maybe you have a question about your pension entitlements. Maybe your boss isn't being particularly nice to you at work. Listen, it's always going to be an important question. Uh, by calling in, asking those questions, not only, of course, are you giving yourself the opportunity to get that workplace problem resolved, but trust me, and I guarantee this, you are going to be helping out so many people out there listening in that are dealing with exactly the same kind of situation as you. We hear it from people all the time, John. So please, we want to hear from you. We want to help out in any way we can. This is your chance to speak with an employment lawyer. I can tell you, John, I don't know much else. Don't ask me a family law question. Don't ask me a criminal law question, please. But if it's anything to do with your work with employment law, we're here to help as always, so please feel free to give us a call. And as you mentioned, John, to get us all warmed up for th- tonight's show and for all our new listeners out there uh, as well, we always start off the show with a segment we call the case of the day. It's an opportunity to talk about a matter that uh, that I personally just dealt with uh, today in the course of my you know a busy day at work. Um, Interesting. I, I spoke to a few people today, John, that had interesting situations. This one, I guess, kind of takes the cake, and it's the reason why I wanted to chat about it. Very interesting situation. I spoke to a very nice lady earlier today. She's been with the same company, John, for about 10 years, so 10 years of service with the same company. Okay. Uh, I think she started off in a pretty low-level position, worked her way up to management, so management-level position, making good money, uh, John. And I think, if memory serves, this lady was in her mid-50s, early to mid-50s. Uh, and her employer approached her a couple of weeks ago and effectively told her, uh, things are not going well as, as well as we want them to. Your team, so this lady's team uh, of salespeople, isn't performing as well as it should, at least according to the company. Uh, and they've suggested, uh, John, and they've effectively offered her the opportunity to step down from her position, effectively become a salesperson herself, and take on a new role. So rather than managing the team, rather than being in that management level position, she would be called a quote-unquote sales associate. That's what they called it. Uh, and they said this is an opportunity for her to kind of right 
you know, right the ship, correct, you know, the difficulty that the team has been having. And they've kind of proposed this. And so she reached out to us and we had a chat today and she wants to know, is this a good idea? Should I be doing something like this for, for my employer? Of course, she's not thrilled about it. That's yeah. stating the obvious, yeah. uh, uh, John, right? She's effectively being asked to accept a demotion. And here's what I told her, John. Um, this is not a situation as an employee where you want to be quote unquote taking one for the team or doing one for your uh for your employer this is what we call in legal terms a constructive dismissal a constructive dismissal occurs when an employer tries to force a significant change on the employee that could be in the form of a position change or a demotion like yeah. is the case here it could also be in the form of a temporary layoff or a pay cut those are two other obvious examples of a constructive dismissal so what i told this lady job is uh, john is hold on a sec no this is not something you want to be uh, uh, accepting uh, unless there is some sort of other reason why you want to be accepting the demotion which again is not a good idea even from a kind of career perspective uh, from an employment law perspective, you do not want to be accepting a negative uh, a change like this for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it's probably going to come with a decrease in pay, mm. along with a decrease in responsibility and seniority with the company, etc. The second issue, John, and something we oftentimes will point out in these kinds of situations, constructive dismissal situations, once you accept a change like this once, it is possible that the employer can then try and do it again and do it again and it feels the employer feels as though they would have the right to change your position every so often and you've already kind of accepted those changes as an established term of your employment like a temporary layoff once you're laid off once it becomes much more difficult to accept that second layoff or that third layoff or certainly that fourth layoff so yeah. i've advised this employee to effectively say no thank you we can be professional and polite about all of this by the way it doesn't have to get nasty doesn't have to get antagonistic whenever your employer is asking you to accept a negative change to your employment again that could be a pay cut could be a demotion could be negative anything that is uh that is going to impact your employment and you in a negative way Keep in mind, as an employee, you have the right to say no. You don't have to accept a negative change like that to your terms of employment. This lady is going to stand her ground, and it's a developing story. We'll see where it goes, and I'll report back if anything significant happens. Hopefully, the employer backs down and lets her do her job to the best of her ability, and life goes on. And with that... We'll take a short break. We continue the Monday night edition Employment Law Show. Hang in there. Welcome back to it. We got some time. Let's get to our first email of the stack. That comes from Stephanie. says, guys, love the show. How about this? I received a few warnings over the year with respect to my attendance at work. I've had a hard time getting to work recently because I'm responsible for dropping my two kids off at school every day. I don't want to lose my job. How many warnings does my employer have to provide me before they can let me go? Yeah, tough situation for Stephanie here. Obviously, if she has, you know, she has childcare responsibilities. It is what it is. We all uh, more or less know the know the drill. And as a result, oh, yeah. she's having to show up to work. I guess uh, late, seemingly. L listen, the answer to that question, John, is there is no exact number of warnings that an employer has to provide before they can let uh, let Stephanie go. Actually, Stephanie. Uh, your employer can let you go with with no warnings whatsoever. They don't even have to provide a warning. They can let you go without cause, meaning it could be unrelated uh, to your attendance record as long as they offer you the correct amount of severance, right? Now, if these attendance issues continue 
kind of unresolved, then perhaps you can be disciplined for that. Of course, if you are being asked to do something by your employer and not following those rules, that's insubordination. It's possible, Stephanie, that that can be uh, cause for termination, but there is a catch here. Uh, the catch in Stephanie's case, for all our listeners out there, is that if she is being, if she's having to be late because of her childcare responsibilities, right, and if she has no other choice, if there is no one else that can drop her kids off at school, uh, that can take care of her children at that time, if she doesn't have access to, uh, you know, uh, daycare, but the before and after school daycare program, if she has no one else to watch her children, her employer has to respect John, the fact that she has those child care responsibilities. She actually cannot be let go because she has those child care responsibilities. Otherwise, that would be discrimination under the Human Rights Code on the basis of family status. It's actually a little, uh, a, a lesser discussed, I would say, a form of discrimination, John, as compared to, you know, we, lo- we talk a lot of times on the show about discrimination on the basis of disability or you know certainly discrimination on the basis of religion or gender or race those are the big the big ticket items that come up when we talk about discrimination family status however is another one of those if you have family responsibilities your employer cannot punish you for that reason they need to accommodate you so stephanie speak to your employer tell them why you're late figure out a game plan moving forward they cannot just Take zero responsibility and say, well, if you're late, you're late. Too bad. We don't care. Perhaps your schedule needs changing, right? There are solutions here that need to be found, and your employer has to play an active role in finding those resolutions. Otherwise, your employer actually risks a discrimination claim. So very interesting situation for Stephanie. You have options. There are rights here from an employee's point of view, even if you're unfortunately showing up late to work. So, Stephanie, carry on that conversation. If uh, that's not enough, you want a further one, you could do so with Alex, one 821 5900 Mo, thanks for hanging in. How are you? I'm well, gentlemen. Um, Alex, my question has to do with, um, I'm, I'm an employer. I represent the employer. Um, do we have any sway with our employees, uh, given this current uh, climate, with rallies, uh, attending rallies mm-hmm. on their own time, if we perceive that that could jeopardize maybe a, a sensitivity of our client base or perhaps even somebody in our management team, ownership team at our firm? Yeah, excellent question, Mo, and, and certainly a timely one, as uh, as you said. And this is a question, actually, we've been getting uh, over the past few weeks for obvious uh, reasons. Listen, the, the short answer is this, Mo, and, it, and it's not necessarily an easy answer, but it, it's short enough. The uh, Certainly... Uh, if an employee's attendance at some sort of political rally uh, is jeopardizing the company, the employer's image, and causing actual damage, Mo, then yes, in a situation like that, you would have the right to, you know, and listen, I would treat this as any other issue that arises in the workplace. You want to implement progressive discipline. So maybe the initial step, Mo, it doesn't have to be anything overly antagonistic or nasty, have a conversation with the employee. You'd be surprised how many situations and how many difficult situations are resolved by way of a simple conversation. Have a conversation with the employee. Explain why you're concerned about what you're concerned about, and perhaps there's some common ground there that can be found. If that doesn't work, then you can escalate the matter into forms of, uh, of discipline. It's important to keep in mind, um, at least at a federal level, Political 
political belief is not a protected discriminatory ground. So you can actually let an employee go for political, you know, for their political beliefs, and it wouldn't necessarily be discrimination. But most likely, Mo, if it comes to that, you would be terminating the employee. You'd be letting them go without cause, meaning you would owe that employee severance. That is effectively kind of the, the last step here. If if the situation is irreconcilable, right? If this employee is ca- causing damage, uh, 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 right, and you just want to uh, kind of break, end the relationship, it might be best to just let this employee go without cause, pay them their proper severance entitlements, and, and, and keep and keep moving on. Uh, but otherwise, uh, again, it's a delicate situation. I think a conversation is uh, is warranted. Certainly, there's a line here. Uh, the final point on this, you know, very hot topic. The final point more would be, listen, if, if any individuals are inciting violence, uh, uh, right, or, or taking extreme measures, you know, uh, uh, causing public disper- uh, uh, disturbance, you know, potentially being arrested, etc., you know, uh, when we get into kind of the nastier side of things, well, there, of course, an employer would be warranted in, uh, in disciplining that employee. And potentially that, that, that might you know, rise up to the level of a termination for cause, meaning a termination without severance. Of course, each situation is very fact-specific. Mo, as an employer, if you're having any difficulties in this respect, if you speak to your employer and things aren't going well, before you make any of these decisions, have a chat with an employment lawyer. Give us a call at the office. Let's have a chat off air. Uh, You want to be able to manage these situations very carefully and properly. Otherwise, as an employer, you can be on the other end of having to pay significant severance. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Mo, appreciate you uh, reaching out. And as always, as I mentioned off the top, you have uh, an option to reach uh, further back or at least further on with Alex and figure out uh, if you got uh, another answer for that. one 821 5900 Email address would be help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, Stephanie, we're moving down the email. Uh, Alex, it's going to be... Uh Delilah now says, in September, my employer gave me notice that my employment will end at the end of November. So we're getting there. A week ago, I was told that new work will be coming in and that my employment will not end, at least for now. Pretty confusing. Can my employer do this? Yeah, interesting situation for Delilah uh, uh, here. So it sounds like uh, she was originally told that that her employment would be coming to an end, and and the company, the employer, has reneged on that and said, "Oh, hold on, we pulled the trigger too quickly. Uh, keep at it, Delilah. We've got we've got more work for you." And and listen, that's obviously a stressful situation for any employee. Don't get me wrong, uh, uh, John. You're being told your employment's coming to an end. Maybe you start looking for new work. Right? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you find the job that's better than your current job, right? What do you do in that situation? You might be kind of forced to resign or you owed severance. All good questions. The reality is this, John. The employer is allowed to effectively, as long as Delilah's still working, right? She hasn't formally been let go. She's been given notice. So she's still kind of going into work every day doing her thing. If the employer says, you know what? Actually, this is not going to happen, Delilah. We want to keep you employed. The employer can renege on a termination in a situation like that. Uh, John, as awkward as it is for the employee, as difficult as it is for the employee, that is something that's allowed, that's technically allowed. The employee wouldn't necessarily be owed any additional severance. The employee can't just say, no, I want my, I want my termination date still to be November and too bad I'm owed severance anyway. The employee has to play ball. Now, the other side of that coin, uh, John, is the employer can't do this forever either. Right. Uh, the employer can't 
can't just keep giving new termination dates and then extending those dates and expecting everything to be hunky-dory. You probably have one shot at this as an employer. You can maybe extend it once and, and you know, kind of that's it. Uh, you don't want to be in a position as an employer where you're, keep, you're continuing to extend and extend and extend an employee's employment and kind of re, re-upping the termination date. That's going to cause your employees a heck of a lot of stress and uh, and is not the way you want to run a business. So, Delilah, I, I think you got to play ball here. Uh, yeah. and keep working for your employer. Listen, if your job comes to an end, uh, whenever it is, uh, right, maybe it's at the end of this new contract that the employer has or, or whenever, listen, your severance entitlements are still going to be there, yeah. right? You, the longer your years of service are, the better. That's great. Your, your tenure with the company continues. Keeping in mind, right, tenure is one of those factors. Length of employment is one of those factors along with an employee's age and their position with the company, that is going to matter significantly when it comes to your severance entitlements. All right, let's move on down to Harris. Says, guys have worked for the same company in Kitchener for almost 15 years. Started as a regular salesperson and worked my way up to manager. Last week, the company's GM told me they're making cuts and my job is likely to be one of the positions eliminated. What can I expect as severance if I'm let go? Yeah, yeah, good question, Harris. Speaking of uh, severance, we were just on uh, on the subject. Uh, Harris, I've, I've got two of the three factors that uh, that are relevant here in the analysis. So again, going back to my previous comments, severance for employees in Ontario, and generally speaking across Canada as well for that matter, is going to be based on three main factors, an employee's age, their position with the company, and their length of service with the company, with the employer. Uh, the longer you've been employed, of course, the older you are, the more senior your position, or even the more specialized your position, actually, the more severance you're going to get. So when it comes to Harris specifically, we know, we know what, John? We know Harris is a manager. We know we've been with, he's been with the company for 15 years. What we don't know is his age. And, and you know, listen, age is a pretty darn important factor, uh, uh, John, because of course, the older you are, the harder it's going to be to find that next job. I mean, we hate to say it, right? Right, and and you hope ultimately that it's not true. But the reality is, in most cases, a 45-year-old is going to have an easier time finding a job than a 65-year-old, right? Or then, or maybe even than a 55-year-old. So, age matters when it comes to a severance analysis because ultimately, it's going to be harder for that employee who's older to bounce back into that new job. I would say this, uh, John, regardless of Harris's age, a manager with 15 years of service, John, you're going to be in and around that one month per year of service mark. Now, his age might kind of take that analysis a little bit you know, down the pecking order or maybe even up the uh, pecking order. I could tell you, for example, if Harris is in his 60s, right, he's probably quite easily looking at 18 months of severance as a 15-year manager. John, 18 months, not weeks, right? We're talking a year and a half's pay here for a 15-year employee who is uh, who is a manager. Heck, it might even be as much as 20 months as severance. But if Harris, John, is 30, right, instead of 60, well, then listen, his severance entitlements might be probably closer to a year's pay uh, than, uh, than 18 months' pay. So that's the range, and that's how an, an employee's age can sway the severance analysis here uh, all I'll say is this, Harris, it, it's likely that your employer is going to offer you less than the numbers we even just discussed. I mean, even the low end of the range, if it's going to be something like 12 months, I would be surprised if your employer offers you that much. Do yourself a favor. Once, you, once you're once you sat down from that, you know, in that meeting and you're being 
you know, over the desk being handed termination papers. You're being told you're let go. You're asked to collect your belongings at your office or at your desk or at your station, right? Do yourself a favor. Do not sign anything on the spot. Do not say yay or nay to the severance offer. Shake everyone's hand. Be professional. Be polite. Uh, you know, walk out the door and then yeah. give us a call. Speak to an employment lawyer. Make sure that what the company is offering is enough, is correct, is fair to you as an employee who now has to start a job search all over again and kind of start from scratch after 15 years. we got a minute left. We'll squeeze Emilio in there. It says, guys, my company's downsizing, and I've been given two choices, one, to have my employment terminated and receive severance, or two, to accept a different position at a lower level with a lesser pay and bonus. Mm-hmm. I don't like either option. What can I do here? Yeah, I don't like either option uh, either, John. <laughs> uh, it's an unfortunate one. And listen, I'll very quickly, uh, we're seeing this a lot, uh, John. Employers are restructuring. Unfortunately, lots of the, the the big employers, the big banks, lots of international companies, we're seeing a lot of restructurings within, within company. You don't necessarily want to be accepting that lesser position, right, with a lesser pay. That's what we, again, it's a constructive dismissal situation like we were talking about at the start of the show. Severance is usually the better bet here. As long, of course, as the severance is fair and is the correct amount based on your age, position, and years of service. Emilio, I know it's a tough situation. You probably want to lean towards the severance. It's never a good sign when your employer is asking you to take a pay cut or to accept a lesser position. And with that, we are done for another show. Back in tomorrow, 6.30 then, so join us then. But in the meantime, reach out to Alex, always ready, as you can tell, to have a chat, set you down the right road. How do you do it? one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and the free and anonymous website make you that much smarter and give you access to that severance calculator. Take that out for a spin when you got some time. That would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you tomorrow at 6.30 right here on the Employment Law Show.